Mankind Podcast. If you are a fan of barbecue, have I got a treat for you today. I have on the show with me uh, co-founder of Slab Barbecue, Raph Robinson. Slab Barbecue is a, I would just say, a very popular place to go when you're in Austin, Texas. If you want barbecue and you want it a little bit different with some amazing sauce, Slab is where it's at. You got to check it out if you ever come to Austin. Well, in this episode, Raf is going to break down how he has built one of the most successful barbecue brands in Austin with empathy, with kindness, and with respect. So you're not going to want to miss out. And hey, while you're here at the Mankind Podcast, this is a podcast all about telling stories of men who are doing kind things around the world as we develop tools and empathy and we have a space to grow our emotional intelligence. So if that sounds good to you, hit subscribe on this episode. And so I hope you enjoyed this conversation as Raf called in from location. And I do apologize in advance for some of the noise you're gonna hear in the background. It's not too bad, I edited most of it out, but it's an incredible conversation. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Check this out. So this is a episode 12. Oh my gosh. Uh, this, we're only 12 episodes into this, which is kind of weird to think about, but we've already had some amazing people on the show. And today I am really excited uh, to get to sit down with a buddy of mine, Mr. Raf Robinson of, um, where do you work again? Slab Barbecue. Slab Barbecue. Yeah. And for those of you who are listening in on this, Raf's got a big giant slab barbecue shirt on. So it's really, it's hard to miss. I feel like you're always wearing some piece of really cool merch. You guys have the best merch in town. I, I do have to say, I'm, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, it's so good. So tasty. Well, you know, what do you think? Like, we all, for the most part, you know, wear somebody's brand daily, right? Yeah. And, and we're promoting somebody's brand. And so uh, I made a commitment a few years ago, like, man, I'm going to wear my brand as much as I possibly can. Do it. Uh, not that I, I'm hating on any anybody else's brand. I mean, I like other brands, but you know, this is my opportunity to be a walking billboard. There you go. Yeah. Wear what you love too, right? Right. I want to start a brand just so I can wear my stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Slab Barbecue, if, if you don't know, is a huge deal here in Austin. Uh, anytime I bring it up, Somebody's like, oh my gosh, I love Slab. You guys have been featured in Texas Monthly, Man Versus Food, Travel Channel, Diners, Dives, and Drive-Ins. Like, you guys are the real deal when it comes to like what makes Austin food special. I feel like you guys have some really secret sauces, not just for your barbecue, but also just in real real life. You guys have figured some business stuff out that a lot of people haven't figured out. Yeah, yeah. For sure. What got you kind of started in this, Raph? I mean, you have a background kind of, you're a serial entrepreneur. Um, you've been doing that for years. So what kind of led you to this point of being co-founder and uh, entrepreneur that started Slab Barbecue? So if we go way, way back, I would say hospitality is in my blood. Um, both sides of my family, you know, uh, on my dad's side, my grandmother, you know, she worked for some some pretty influential families and she you know she cooked 
you know, for these families. And yeah, I always remember around the holidays, uh, my grandmother would just be making rolls. She was famous for her, her dinner rolls. And I mean, dozens and dozens of rolls and all these families in San Antonio would be ordering dinner rolls for my grandmother. But then on the other side, my other grandmother as well, she loved to cook. She loved to host, you know, that side of the family loves to party. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've had these really strong women in my life on both sides that really showed that spirit of hospitality, that spirit of servanthood and making good food. Mm. And fast forward, you know, I went to college, I went to UT, studied business economics. You know, I wanted to be a Wall Street guy. At a certain point, I wanted to be Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I was definitely sold into kind of sports and money. But then I found myself working downtown uh, in Austin. My dad had owned nightclubs as well when I was in high school. And so I kind of s- saw that side of things. And so I started bartending downtown uh, on 6th Street in Austin and just kind of got that. Uh, I think I started learning a little bit about there was something inside of me that just loved serving people Mm. and service industry just became something that I loved. So wound up opening my first bar at 23 years old uh, and then opened uh, other businesses after that, all in the hospitality. So I've been a part of hotel projects, restaurants, coffee shops, uh, bars, nightclubs. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, but what, you know, the consistency among all of them is, is the service industry. I, yeah. I love serving people. Uh, it's definitely something that makes me come alive to make somebody smile. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the background. Which is fun. I mean, I, I guess not, not funny, but I think when I think of service industry, uh, I think especially in 2021, it's under, it seems like a real crisis right now of employment and different things going on. What's been kind of your experience, I guess, with service industry in general, but what's kind of been your experience uh, with that as of late? Well, I mean, it, it's the industry it is so different now, mm-hmm. you know, where, and, and we saw this even prior to COVID where the industry was going. You see a lot of technology uh, being implemented to where you'd go to, you know, some of the big chain restaurants. Well, you no longer have that person to person interaction. You're at a tablet, even when you walk in ordering your food from a tablet. And one of the things that that, was unsettling for me was, man, but what about that person to person interaction? What about, the smile of the person on the other side when I'm having a bad day and I go in to a restaurant or a coffee shop, you know, that, that tablet isn't going to make me smile. Yeah. That tablet isn't going to you know, potentially change the course of my day. Um, and so there was a lot of concern on my side of where the industry was going. And, you know, with COVID, th- there was already the slow progression towards more technology COVID just accelerated everything. Uh, luckily, you know, we had identified that that's where the industry was going. So we had already adopted a lot of technology yeah. into business. And so 
we didn't have some of the struggles that maybe some of the other mom and pop restaurants that, you know, didn't have any sort of online ordering or curbside type services um, that just, you know, they weren't able to adjust and adapt fast enough. Um, but one of, you know, the heart of our business is, is serving, hmm. uh, you know, it's part of, uh, everything that we do. Our mission statement is keep it 100. That's a hundred percent customer satisfaction, hundred percent of the time. Hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, there's, we even have, uh, another thing that we've adopted with slab slab is a, an acronym, by the way, most people think it's a slab of meat but it's actually, it stands for slow, low and banging because we cook our meats slow and low and the barbecue's banging. Yeah, it is. You know, internally, we use it as a train and we say, you know, the essence lab is to serve. Hmm. You know, we serve our customers, but we also serve each other. You know, leaders, we want to serve our staff and staff, we want to serve each other, you know, helping each other out. This is a team effort. Yeah. So that, so you're saying you break, you broke slab from slow, low and banging down to like a principle yeah. that you teach your, you teach your team. Absolutely. How is, how do you think, well, I'll, let me hear about it first. I want to hear what, the, what, what is the LA? Sure. So, so serve and then listen and learn. You know, we get better as a team, you know, as leaders, when we're listening and learning, you know, mm -hmm. from our team, we, we have to be able to take feedback from them and, and our customers as well. You know, we need to be willing to take feedback and say, hey, maybe we're not hitting the mark where, where we want to. So serve, listen and learn. A is our attitude. You know, mm -hmm. there's, we can just take orders and, and deliver food all day, but there's an attitude uh, portion of that that we say, hey, if, if we have the right attitude, we have the ability to change the course of somebody's day. Mm. When you sometimes just a smile might change the course of somebody's day. Uh, you might have the only kind word that that person receives the entire day. Um, and I've seen it play out in, in other businesses in this business where somebody comes back and says, man, you, you don't know how that little thing that you did affected my day or my life. Oh, wow. I've seen lives literally change based on how we serve the attitude that we yeah. presented. I think, I think all of us can relate to all of us can relate to having our, our day ruined by bad, a bad attitude showing up at the wrong moment just being like, Oh, Right. And we, can, we can fixate on that, but I think sometimes we're not aware, like how positive it, because of one interaction, like sometimes, like we say, and I work more tech AV, like it's a good job when nobody notices, <laughs> like yeah. everybody yeah. notices when the screen is flickering, but oftentimes attitudes can be the same way where it's like, Hey, you may not get, it may not be every day that somebody comes and goes, thank you so much for smiling at me today. But you have some people who they recognize like that's been a difference maker over time. Yeah. And that's, that's amazing that you guys train on that. And those are the gems, man, that we, that really charge our batteries. When we get those emails uh, or those reviews 
that come in where people say, Hey, like this was more than just good food. Like, man, you, you, you guys cared for me. Well, I was served well. Mm-hmm. You know, that one person went out of their way to, to help me out. Uh, that's what really charges our batteries. Yeah. You know, and then the, the last letter in that is the B and that's the bust your ass. We're hard workers. You know, we, we want to make sure that everybody on the team is carrying their weights mm. not top down. Right. And so for us as leaders, we're going to bust our ass to, sh- to say, Hey, look, I'm going to, I'm willing to jump in, take out the trash, clean up a spill, do whatever it takes. Right. Yeah. Because no, there's no hierarchy here. Right. This, this is, this is a matter of a team effort to, to accomplish the one goal. The one goal is to keep it 100. Mm. So if everybody is doing whatever it takes to keep it 100, then that's success. Yeah. I got several questions based on that. Cause like bringing it back to kindness, <laughs> you, you have a business where you're teaching and this is why I, and I, I was hearing what you were doing. I was like, man, I, I want to have you on the podcast so bad. You're teaching your team members in the food industry, which is not known for, sometimes you get those like, oh my gosh, that diamond in the rough waitress who like made made your day. But a lot of people in the food industry aren't known for what you're describing. But I think a lot of business leaders, people who own restaurants, and they, they want that for their team, right? Yeah. So how, I guess, first of all, how did you, how did you start that process of like building that culture? Cause I think some people will hear that and go, man, if I, if I had a culture like that, yeah, then that would be easy. I could, I could do that, but it, you weren't just handed it. Like you had to figure out how to build that culture. What was that process like? Well, I mean, I would say, so myself and, and my partner, my business partner, Mark, you know, we're both believers. And, and if we look at the one fundamental principle in, in our faith hmm. being, you know, when they ask Jesus, what, what, what's the greatest law, right? And he's, and, I'll, and I'm going to sum this up, but it's basically to love God and to love people, right? And you can't do one without the other. And so if your heart is right to love people, kindness is just comes. Sure. Some people are harder to love. (laughs) Let's be honest. Right. You know, Um, and it's not always easy to be kind to people And that's, but that's me. That's what separates a, a Christian from somebody who, who doesn't necessarily follow there's a lot of people who claim to be Christian, but don't necessarily walk the walk. They just, they want to, they want the label or or they subscribe to this set of beliefs for whatever reason. But when it comes to our actions, like our actions are where it's at. And so for us, like if that's our fundamental belief, we have to love people even Mm -hmm. when it's hard. And so kindness is just a, a byproduct of loving people. Yeah. So you're saying it starts with you guys, it starts with you and Mark, man, we're going to be kind to the people around us. And that's how you kind of start the spark of 
building a culture around that. In our employee handbook, there's one thing that we have that we say is non-negotiable and it's kindness and respect. Those are, I guess that's two things, but it's one sentence. <laughs> one sentence, two things, yes. <laughs> one sentence, two things, kindness and respect. Those two things are non-negotiable. Um, and so we, if we say that that's a culture and we live it out, then that, that's how we do it, yeah. right? It's, we say these things are non-negotiable. Kindness is not an option. Respect is not an option. Uh, and so that's, that's how we do it. And we've had to you know, part ways with people that couldn't subscribe to that. Yeah, that's, and it's pretty, you bring that up because that was my next question is, again, I'm thinking through, I don't think anybody out there goes out into the day and goes, man, I can't wait to be like a real a-hole today. I can't wait to be a jerk uh, to my employee. And some of us, it's just ingrained, like, but we want to have those good conversations. So as you guys are exhibiting this, hey, I'm going to be kind and respectful. How do you help employees who... Maybe that's where they're ultimately going to end up. As a leader, what does that process look like of bringing an employee kind of into that environment you've, you're protecting? So, I mean, there, there's coaching, right? And, and if we go through with everybody who comes in and says, here are the expectations, right, mm -hmm. for, for working here. I just want to make sure that we're going to start this relationship on the right foot and everybody knows what the expectations are. Mm. We hold ourselves accountable to the same guidelines, right? Yeah. You're never going to hear me yell at a little somebody because we're holding ourselves to that same guideline. And so, you know, part of training our leaders then is to say, Hey, this is how we want this culture to be. So it's important that you as a GM or whatever leadership role that you're in, that you are modeling this. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't lip service. You, you have to model this, right? Yeah. Because if you say this, but then you don't, you don't, your actions don't support that. The culture doesn't work. What I love that you identify is, first of all, we have to live it ourselves to, we have to set expectations and that gives you kind of like you're, you're, you're building the edges of the sandbox that we're going to play in and you're establishing sure. the rules, but you probably still have some people who at the end of the day, they're like, no, adamantly, I can't work here. I don't like this. I don't like that. Or they're just not a good fit. Sure. When do you get to that point? Cause I know some leaders, they feel like, man, being kind means I put up with all this, all these terrible personalities that are, hurting the business or hurting our reputation. And they'll put up with that for far too long because they don't know how to part ways in a gracious manner. So what does that look like for you guys? And, and that, that's one of the hardest parts of the job, right? In, in any sort of leadership is to mm. say, at, at what point do we have to sever these ties, right? And one of the things that, I mean, for me personally, even when, if we have to sever an employment tie, I'm not necessarily severing a relational tie. Mm. 
because I'm continue loving you regardless of you know, your uh, inability to, to perform this job and to live up to the requirements that, that in order to work here, but I can still love you without having to work with you. Mm. So there, there, I think there's an important distinction because that can be really challenging to, to, because it seems like, well, I'm doing something bad to this person by severing this relationship. And sometimes we have to say, well, I may not be doing this person a service by allowing this behavior to continue, not only to them, but to the other team members, because it, it affects everyone. Yeah. But the, the, there's a coaching process, right? And, and we do have some guidelines that are spelled out that say, hey, the, we're going we're gonna to have a talk, you know, if, if we see something. Right. And then if that doesn't work, then there's a progression of, I hesitate to use the word discipline because the the connotation that comes up for most people, but we also believe that discipline equals freedom Mm. and and discipline in the form that we have to hold ourselves accountable. And I believe that's what discipline is, is holding yourself accountable. And so when you're able to hold yourself accountable in that discipline, there's freedom in that. Here you are years later. How long has Slab been going on now? So Mark started Slab out of a food truck um, and started in on the UT campus in 2008. Um, wow. And then we partnered up in 2014 to open our first brick and mortar. So he, he was grinding with Slab. It, previously, it was called the Sugar Shack Barbecue. Oh, yeah. Uh, we read in uh, 2013, and then I I came on board in 2014 to to do the first brick and mortar. Okay, so you guys have been going like, uh, gosh, how long has that been now? So eight, almost nine years. So seven years with the brick and mortar, and then you know almost almost ten years, you know, prior to that. Or yeah, Mark's been grinding at it for a while. <laughs> He's got it down. Yeah. So we were talking about rough employees and and trying to get people on board with it. But for the employees who were there and enjoying it, what's kind of been the fruit or some of the stuff that you go, man, this is why it's worth it. I know like a lot of it has to do with the pandemic and how you guys have thrived in this, but we'd just love for you to kind of share like, this is the benefit of having built this kind of culture. I mean, the, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, we've had multiple people that have shared, this is the closest thing to family that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, when, <clears throat> when you're able to love people to where they feel, you know, when we think about family, right? Family is, is I think it's, if it feels like it should be something that's beyond uh, superficial um, connections, right? There's this deeper connection. There's this um, bond that we're in this together life. We're in life together. It's not we're coworkers. We're doing life together. And when somebody says, hey, I feel like I'm doing life 
like you guys make me feel like we're doing life together because you care about me as a person more than just an employee. And I care about my team and I care about this job more than just getting this paycheck. That's man, that's where it's at. Like that's the measure of success. Uh, or, or at least one of the measures of success to say, man, like if we're in the people business and, and somebody says they feel like this is their family, you know, more than, than the blood relations that, that they were born into, like that's powerful. Yeah. That's awesome. How has it been surviving the pandemic? And for you guys, uh, I know you, you were just talking a little bit about how it was taking taking care of that family. Yeah. Um, I mean, rough, you know, I'd say, you know, last year, you know, one of the hardest days that, that we, I personally have ever had in my working career was to sit with my team and say, you know, we're shutting down the restaurant and I don't know what the next step is. Um, and it was also on my birthday, which was such a weird, weird day. Um, but you know, they brought a cake out after that. And had your book. <laughs> Vulnerable and, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's a hard position when you know that so many lives and livelihoods count on the decisions that you make. But to be so vulnerable to say, man, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I can't protect everybody. Like, that was hard. That was extremely hard. Um, But also to then, the blessing in that was the response that I got was, Mm -hmm. hey, we're going to be here until they lock these doors and we can't open anymore. And, you know, we're, we're, we're not going anywhere because they're like, well, where else are we going to go? Cause the whole yeah. world. Yeah. So it was like, Hey, we're in this together, man. Like you can't, you can't quit. Yeah. And that response gave, because I mean, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know what the, the next step was. We didn't know the the right answer, but that response was the right answer is to keep fighting period. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means, Hmm. we're going to keep fighting and, you know, we're going to keep slanging barbecue until they lock these doors and we can't do it anymore. You know, grace of God, like, you know, things started to turn around and we, nobody missed a paycheck. Everybody, you know, we didn't lay a single person off. Wow. You know, within a few weeks, Things were, you know, almost back to where where our normal sales were. It just looked different. You know, our community stepped up big for us. Where people, you know, were still ordering barbecue. It just they weren't sitting in our restaurant. They were taking it to go. Hmm. Uh, and as soon as we felt like we had a footing, and we were able to care for our family you know, our, our work family well, then we started looking outside of that and saying, okay, there's still a lot of people struggling. There's still a lot of people hurting. How can we serve our community? 
Wow. So you immediately turned it like as soon as you guys were good, your family was good. You turned it around and started helping other people. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a big coming to Jesus moment for me in conviction and that yeah, I'm sitting one day I was sitting there and praying and saying, God, like, you know, just feeling sorry for myself, essentially. Mm. I had all these plans for this year. I mean, we, we were, we felt like we were on the verge of our breakout to, to just start growing and expanding. And it was just like, you know, had all these plans and, you know, what, why, you know, God and me just feeling down. And answer that I got in, in that prayer was, yeah, but look at, look at you. Like, you're going to be fine. Your family's going to be fine. What about the people that don't have the options that you have, that don't have the support and the backup that you have? Mm-hmm. Like, what about those people? What about the most vulnerable, you know? And that was, that was a humbling, you know, gut check from, from God to say, basically quit your bitching and whining. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I've gotten you know, those. I've gotten those. Yeah. And, and to say, I've put you in a position so that you can help others. Right. So you, once I stopped looking at me and my own situation and start, started looking outward, there was this renewed sense of purpose as well to say, yeah, that's right. Like that is why I'm here. Hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, little, little pride, you know, took a hit and said, Hey, all right, let's, let's move forward in faith and, and see, you know, what God has for us. That's awesome. What'd you guys end up doing? I, again, you're building a restaurant, but you're building on kindness and respect and giving it 100. What was the return on that as you guys did that? So, you know, my, my partner, Mark and I, you know, we both have been going to a gateway. Um, we actually met through the gateway community. And so we reached out to gateway and we, we said, hey, who are the most vulnerable people in our community that, that we can serve? And the response was our, the refugee community. You know, and so you know, Austin has a huge community of refugees that you know, come from all over the world. You know, mm-hmm. Afghanistan, uh, Sudan, um, Burma, Nepal. Um, and so... We said, okay, uh, you know, we're a restaurant. We want to feed people, and that—that's—that's that's our uh, our gift, right? That that we we that's what we can bring to the table. That's our our uh, our stone for our stone soup, right? It's to say, you know, we can't throw a bunch of money at this at, at helping, but we can at least meet these ba- the basic needs of food. Yeah. And so we, uh, we rallied volunteers, you know, even some of our, our staff uh, volunteered. And so we would deliver uh, meals to 100 families uh, every week. Um, and we did that for about six months. And 
it, it, it was a pretty amazing thing. And, you know, just actually just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to uh, one of our team members that recently got promoted to a manager. And he was like, you know, one of the, the proudest things that I, that I am, you know, that one of the things he's most proud of in working for Slack is being able to serve refugees. He was one of the guys who volunteered every week, always packaging the meals and, and putting everything together. He was like, you know, y'all didn't, we didn't advertise. Nobody knew what we were doing. And he was like, it was so powerful and special to be a part of that. And then to see, you know, some of the faces of, of the people and how appreciative to know that, I, you know, even though he was struggling himself, to know that he was helping other people who mm. were having it harder than he was. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, just to... And I just want to point that out real quick, because that's a big deal. I mean, I, I know you're real humble about it. Like you said, you guys weren't marketing it. You weren't showing off. Like, it's not, that wasn't the point. But you're building a business like any, like any other business owner, any other entrepreneur. And you're going, hey, this is going to be about people over profit. And so we're going to make some hard choices. We're going to do some, some difficult things. But we're going to build the right culture. So you've built this incredible amount of loyalty that has actually given you sounds like it got you through the pandemic, um, which is huge for any restaurant, uh, let alone like one where you guys, I mean, you're not a corporate, you know, national chain. You guys are trying to figure it out as you guys go. And, and then you're expanding in the midst of that. And then on top of that, you turn around, you give away to people who have a bigger need than you do. That's just incredible to hear how you guys are running your business with those kind of values and building that kind of culture. That's amazing. Yeah. Well done. I got, I got, this might be my last question, but it goes down to kind of the, the personal leadership level for you. Uh, and I love the bust your ass value at the end. Um, when you get to the top and you guys are expanding, um, your girl, I, people know you all over Austin. You say slab barbecue. I just said it the other night. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get my buddy Raph on the podcast. He owns slab. And the guy next to me, who I don't even know is like, I love slab. <laughs> like <laughs> people just know you guys. And in some ways you've made it. And a lot of business owners, when they get to that point, it's so easy to just enjoy the fruits of your labor and, and, and find, you know, just kind of, Oh man, I've been busting my ass for so long that now I want to rest and you've got a good, healthy rhythm, but this is, I think, important for kindness because you've got to have that bust your ass mentality for work and you've got to have the ability to rest and have a balanced life. What does that look like for you? How do you, how do you keep yourself away from getting lazy and then just enjoying the fruits, but how do you enjoy the fruits in a way where you're not falling into that, man, I just grind, 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 grind all day and nothing else matters. What does that look like for you? So... You know, last year, one of the things we did, you know, when we talk about accountability, you know, when you're at the top, the, the accountability becomes difficult, right? Because who's holding you accountable, mm -hmm. right? To say, to do things that you are, are saying, you know, to the, uh, the, to the levels that we aspire to, because we're going to fall short. We're, we're human, 
right? Yeah. But there's still the accountability there. So one of the things we did was we hired a coach last year to help myself and, and Mark with accountability to say, hey, we're going to set out these goals and we're going to meet with somebody every week that's going to hold us accountable. This says, hey, did you hit the things you said you were going to do this week, right? And, and sure, you know, we, it's easy to veer off sometimes and, and you get distracted. This industry is fast changing. And, but to have somebody that says, okay, well, wait, but you said you were going to do this. Where are you on this? And that was a game changer for us to, to say, all right, we're, we're struggling as it is. Now we're going to invest into somebody just to hold us accountable. Right? But we knew that if we as leaders can be better, then it, it trickles down into everything else. And so we found so much value in that, that we wind up hiring that coach to come on staff full time. And so now, you know, his role is to care for people. It, yeah. So there, and there's two parts. One part is leadership development, you know, which is kind of his specialty. Yeah. Um, and so we want, we want our leaders to be better. We, we as leaders want to be better. So we want to keep investing in ourselves too, yeah. to be better. But then to say, okay, we found so much value in what he was, you know, providing for us that we said, man, we want, we want everybody to have access to this because this is life stuff, right? What, what he's providing, the tools that he's helping us add to our toolbox, we want every one of our team members to have access to that because at the end of the day, if we are, if we are people focused and we're always pouring in the people, they're going to be better human beings not just for slab, but for their families, for if they leave slab, wherever they go. But we know that we had impact and influence while they were with us. Hmm. And so his, his role, you know, recently, you know, has kind of shifted into, all right, it's less about Mark and I, although we're still putting in that time, but to say, you know, full-time now, we want you to be available to each and every person on our team at every store. And so he spends time at every store, hmm. a relational thing. You know, we talk about proximity. You can't have influence with people without proximity. Well, you can, but your chances are greater to have influence with proximity yeah. because you build relationships, you build trust. And so to have him who's not, necessarily your boss right but just somebody who cares period my role is to care for you mm-hmm. so how how can i serve you you know what whether it's just i'm just going to listen i'm going to help you process i'm going to try to coach you give you tools you know whatever it is that that person needs and it's up to them to take as much or as little you know from that interaction with him as they want, but they have the access. Dang. 
That is so stinking cool for like somebody who works in hospitality and food services and everything. I can't imagine anybody who wouldn't want to come work for slab barbecue <laughs> if that's available to them. Like, Hey, we're going to have somebody whose job is to care for you yeah. and make sure that you're heard and you're moving your life in the direction you want to. That's an, like you said, it's a value to you guys. And a lot of times <clears throat> one leaders don't invest in themselves. So they don't invest in their team. And I think that there might be there's an incredible, incredible amount of humility that you're exhibiting there and just saying like, Hey, we don't have it all figured out. Mark and I don't have it all figured out. So we need somebody to come along and help us identify what our next set of goals are. We're going to stay hungry. We're going to keep busting ass, you know, keep it at 100 ourselves. So we need some accountability around that. It's how you started the podcast off talking about discipline. I think it's amazing that you provide that for your staff. I haven't heard of anybody. I've heard of companies doing that, but we had a, we had a guest on recently who said, you don't normally get people investing in you until you're at the VP level of a company and for you to make that available and say, Hey, leadership development is available to you no matter where you are in the company is amazing. So well done. Dang. I'm. Well, and the the cool thing, yeah, too, is that we, through just a, an organic conversation with uh, a mutual, you know, friend that you and I both know, Charles. Yeah. Um, you know, I was telling him, and he said, "Well, that's what my wife did for uh, another company." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, wow, that's awesome!" And and so I was like, "Man, I want to hear more because we're this is it. We we didn't just discover, yeah, this." Uh, this idea, like somebody's done this before. Okay. What can we learn from them? You know, that, that makes this person better. How can they serve now our team better? And what are the things that that person has seen in, in their experience? Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was effective in a, in a big company. Uh, and so that, that's been cool too. It's like, you know, you take these steps forward based on just life, right? Yeah. And, I, and I think there's constant examination, you know, at least for me, of where's my heart? Yeah. You know, where, yeah. Where's my heart? Uh, and when, if, if, I'm, if I'm being open, I'm being real, I'm being honest, and I really allow God to show me the things that I need to work on and, and then, you know, to be able to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to try and, and to take that little step of faith forward. And then when you take that step for him to show you, Oh, Hey, look, there's, there's this whole other thing over here. That you've been out. But because I was willing to, to say, Hey, I don't have it all figured out. Show me. Um, that he, he seems to meet us in that space when we ask him to examine our hearts. Yeah. Dang. That's true. I love that. Um, I lied. I had two more questions for you. (laughs) What, what else would you want to recommend to serial entrepreneurs like yourself who, who may not be as far along as you, uh, in starting a business or running a business that you would say, Hey, if you get 
this one or these three things right? And we covered a lot of them right here. Is there anything that we've left out that you'd be like, hey, make sure that you weave this in as you start your business, as you do your hustle, that you would want them to know based on your experience? I mean, I, th I think a lot of the things that I've said would support this, but to say it you know, clearly and concisely is it's all about your team. Mm. You're, we're only as strong as the team that we build around us. Uh, yeah. and, and that, that's something that I, I learned pretty early in, in my entrepreneurial career that I, I had a mentor who said, Hey, when you find people who buy into your vision, you do whatever it takes to keep those people on your team because it's all about building your team. Yeah. Even though you may be the leader and it may be your vision, it's, it, it's nothing without the team to execute. And so that's what we're always trying to do is to build the best team around us uh, so that we can have the biggest impact in the, in the, because at the end of the day, like, sure. I, I love being successful. I, you know, there, there's, there's pride involved and, and, people recognizing what your hard work, right? But man, what, when, whenever my day comes hmm. to sit before, you know, my maker, it's not going to be about the accomplishments. I, you know, I know that it's going to be about the impact that I had while I was here. And so I want to have the biggest impact in, in whatever it is that I do. And so however that looks, I know that you, we're always going to have a bigger impact with a, with a great team hmm. and being able to just influence people, to influence people, to influence people. I love that. Well, and I know a lot of people resonate with that because that's how we're wired, right, is to give of ourselves life by life and help other people. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Um, and then my last question is there's always kind of this pass it on piece that I love at the end of the show where I'm like, man, who's doing something amazing right now that you think, man, they should be, they should be next on the show or you should go talk to so-and-so about what they're doing over at whatever place. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Um, I would say Saul Paul. Yeah. Uh, he is a, a, a local rapper. Um, yeah. Grammy nominated um, multiple times, but he, he got another Grammy nomination this year. Um, and you know, he's, he is a, I think he says he is a, uh, a musician with a purpose. Mm. And he has really done some incredible work and just using his talent again, to be impactful for a greater purpose. That's um, awesome. I love watching, you know, what that guy is doing, you know, in terms of just hustle, you know, he, he's, he is on his grind, you know, as, as much as anybody I've ever seen mm. his spirit, um, I mean, he's a talented musician as well, 
but to to and, and an incredible story. I mean, this guy's an, an ex-con, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, to a published you know um, author and you know motivational speaker and mm. Grammy nominated musician, like just an incredible story. Um, so yeah, he's he's definitely somebody that man, I, I I've got much much respect for. Love it. We'll have to I'll have to I'll check him out and then I'd love to get him on the show sometime soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Raf, thank you so much, man. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, I, I love and I've learned some new things about your business. You know, as long as I've known you, I feel like I know the story of Slab, but then you kind of opened up the book a little bit today and I was like, oh dang, I had no idea. That's what was going on. So man, really proud of your work. Um, proud to call you a friend, dude. Same, same man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for what you're doing. All right, brother. Cool. All right, bye. Peace. Well, I know you got something out of that, whether it was about developing expectations and the leading by example, or if it was about the SLAB acronym itself. I just love that. Servant, learning and listening, attitude, and bust your ass. How cool is that? Well, again, this was the full length episode. If you want to get the short version, that's available on the podcast as well. And again, if you want to hear amazing stories of guys who are making a difference, one act at a time through kindness, go ahead and hit subscribe on this episode. It not only means the world to me, but it spreads the goodness of this podcast across the interwebs. And again, choose kindness because when we choose kindness, the world gets better.